Welcome to Professional Disaster. My name is Will Hebner. My name is Matt Norman. We're so glad to have you guys here listening to us in your ear holes. And uh, we're really excited uh, for today's uh, podcast. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm so sorry. That's a, that's a weird way to say that, but uh, that, is, that is technically how you hear. Oh man, guys, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we're going to jump right into it here. We have an email address, and if you have questions for us that you'd like us to discuss, if you want to chime in on any of the questions that we talk about here, and sometimes we answer, sometimes we might even accidentally answer them well, um, but we have an email address, and it's uh, profdisaster2023 at gmail.com, and I could spell that for you, but it would be really awkward based on every other time I've tried to spell it for you, so just spell it the way that it seems like it sounds and you'll you'll get it so or just listen to a previous episode <laughs> i don't know what it is guys there's something about spelling that seems to have really um, terrorized me here while doing this podcast i'm learning a lot about myself which hey that's kind of the goal of this is for us to discuss and learn about ourselves and maybe maybe by hearing us kind of ramble on it gives you some fun things to think about some interesting food for thought and we all learn and grow together Trying to be more professional and less disastrous. <laughs> day by day, man. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump into our warm-up question. And I got to say that this kind of uh, morphed into something else just because we were having so <laughs> much fun true. with it. It started as, what are your top three Disney animated films? Uh, what are your favorites? But you can't choose any in the same decade. That's and right. So, and so then it kind of morphed into... Let's look through the decades and and read the list of what 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 are our favorite movies in the decade. So it kind of started in the 40s. So we're going to go through and just read both of our lists real quick, and then we're going to break down uh, what are those top three in, in those decades that that kind of stick out to us the most. So we're going to start with the 40s, and for me, the 40s is Reluctant Dragon. What about you, Matt? Mine is Pinocchio. Mmm, Pinocchio. Yes. I like it. I like it. Next is 1950s, and I, I got to go with Peter Pan. I'm a Peter Pan guy as well. Nice. And, and, and you got to realize that, you know, Peter Pan may not be my favorite movie, but it's definitely my favorite movie from the 50s. <laughs> hey, real quick, this was a really interesting experience. It's a fun Wikipedia page to look over this yeah. and just see when some of these movies are made because, you know, when you're a kid and you're seeing all of them at one point or another, that context is really kind of interesting for that. So I just have to co-sign that. Peter Pan, is, in terms of the decade, um, pretty cool. And, and I mean, yeah. you know, it's a good movie, even yeah. if it's not in the top overall top 10 <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I think it was amazing to me how old some of these movies yeah. were. Kind of blew my mind. All right. The 60s, for me, it's one of my top three ones, and it's The Sword and the Stone. The Sword and the Stone is a great one. I don't, I haven't seen it yet, <laughs> even though you lent it to me, I think, so that I could watch it. You need it. to watch it. This is, this is a failure of friendship on my part. That's all right. Um, I forgive you. Since I haven't watched that one yet, I have to go with my uh, the next one. This is another one that's kind of, Kind of by default, almost. I wouldn't say it's in my favorite, but anyway, it's a it's 101 Dalmatians. Mm. Cruella Deville, yeah. a great song. All right, the 70s. 
I got to go with Robin Hood, man. There's such a great song at the beginning of that, yeah. and it just, man, it's it's just good. It's just it's that's it didn't make my top three, but it it was close. It's it's a good one. Yeah, I I chose Robin Hood for this decade as well. It's just it's just a really fun movie. You know, just they're ha- they're having a blast and and all the animal forms and everything. It's cool. All right, now the 1980s, and th- this is uh, special to us because I'm assuming you were born in the 80s too, correct? This is yes. This okay. Is true. <laughs> So this is this is the uh, the decade of our birth. For me, I had to go Great Mouse Detective. Man, what a, I'm I'm a huge Sherlock fan, but it was just a it's it's just a fun story. There's a lot of cool characters, and the bad guy in it's pretty pretty awesome. So this is another one I haven't seen. So I'm man, I, I'm, 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 I'm get with it, bro. <laughs> this is this is terrible. I'm probably not gonna make you super happy with this one because we talked about this one. This is really not one of my favorites, but I I kind of had to go with it. I chose Little Mermaid. Oh for this. come on! There must not be any other movies worth there picking actually because are not a lot in the '80s. As I was looking at it, I almost thought about um because the I Little think... Mermaid is hot garbaggio. See, I don't. It does have. Uh... I mean, it's got a couple of cool songs. It does. I like, I'll I like give you songs. that. I'll give you that. It's got a couple good songs. All right. That leads us where? 1990s? Yeah, the 90s. This was hard. Oh, my gosh. Now, this is like Disney, like... Apex, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There are so many. There's, like, I could I could have picked my top three out mm-hmm. of the 90s. But for me, it's the top number one all-time best movie. It's, it's Lion King for me. I I wanted I knew I knew you were going to pick Lion King and so I was trying really hard to find one that I felt like okay this is a good alternative that I could say like is my favorite so I at first I was going to go with Aladdin or Toy Story I love those movies but I eventually have to come back to it I love Lion King so much oh. and I watch that one ever so often with the boys or whatever and and you know some of those scenes especially when Simba's in exile and, and I'm just I'm I, I get teared up. I get emotional about it. It's triumphant. It's 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 great. I was gonna wait to get into this, but it, I guess it doesn't really matter. To me, it's it's not just the brilliance of the movie, the characters, and everything that happens in there. But for me, it's the story and how my story connects to it. Like if you think about the breakdown of the movie, here you have a kid who grows up believing a lie, and how that lie dictates his life and how it keeps him from becoming who he's supposed to be. He mm-hmm. is the king, but he allows that lie to keep him from being king. And, and when I think about that in my own walk, in my own life, what are those lies that yeah. I have believed and have they kept me from becoming who I was always destined to be? And like that, to me, that connection and that scene where Mufasa comes down and yeah. speaks to him and says, you are more than what you have become. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. What? Yeah. This is great. So, like, I, I, man, it's it's hard for me to put any other movies. I mean, animated movies just all together. Like, it's 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 the best for me for for so many reasons. All right, that puts us into 2020. No, 2000. 2000s, 2000s. Yeah. Wow, I I went way ahead. What about you, Matt? What you got for 2000s? I went with The Incredibles for this. Mm, I thought that, good. especially at the time that it came out, this was this was just such a really well-produced superhero movie. Yeah. And, and the animation style is so slick. I mean, it, it's a joy to watch. And before it's time, su- superheroes aren't really, like, 
mainstream then either. No, 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 no. I mean, Spider-Man has come out and, uh, and, and some of the X-Men movies have come out, but it's still one of those things where superheroes are not blown up the way that they would just yeah. five years later, basically. I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, this was another decade where there was like a ton, a ton of really good options. Uh, Atlantis was one of those for me that I was mm-hmm. like, man, it's hard not to pick Atlantis because it's such a good movie. But I'm, I have to go with Treasure Planet because it's one of those gems that like, there's probably not even a lot of people that have seen Treasure Planet. I haven't seen and it. And it's, it's such a, yeah, you haven't seen any good Disney movies apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning a lot about myself at this podcast. Yeah. But man, like it's, it's one of those stories like Treasure Island that is like such an old time story, but it's done in space. And I'm not normally a space guy, but it's done. It is done so well. Uh, that, that, that one for me in that day, it's, that's my favorite. All right. That's cool. Now 2010. And, uh, I, I'm struggling. I was struggling between two and 2010. Uh, but I, but I think I gotta, I think I gotta stay with Wreck-It Ralph, man. Mm. Just overall music story. Uh, am I still bitter about the fact that the second one was terrible? Yes, I am. But <laughs> yeah. but as far as the first one goes, man, just uh, such a great story, such great characters, mm-hmm. and such mm-hmm. a fun world. Like I don't know that we'd seen like a video game yeah. ar- arcade world like that. It was a lot of fun. That what is about seriously you? fun. I went with Moana for this one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I like Moana, but it just. It just catch me by surprise. No, I went with it mostly because, uh, again, it's a really fun one that I had with that that I enjoyed watching with uh, with my boys, and the the mm. songs just kind of really. We just had a blast. It's one of the. This happens a lot with Disney movies, but it's one where I went to the to the soundtrack um, a couple of times yeah. over just because it's it's got so many fun songs and some really emotional songs too about some of what you're talking about. You know about uh, what one's calling is and how we sometimes run towards it or sometimes there are obstacles preventing us from uh achieving what it is that we're supposed to do and and you know how you kind of embrace your purpose and and i found it to be really emotional there's a lot of wonderful stuff about legacy and family build in there too um and it's and it's kind of a sweet story because of the way that it ends with not necessarily having to defeat a villain in kind of the traditional sense more so how hopefully the hero can see past you know your your preconceived notions mm. and and heal things yeah that's um, cool. so it's kind of beautiful in its way i, I kind of think about that that ending in moana a lot <laughs> yeah i would say if i was able to focus on that and not think about the crab singing maybe i would have liked it a little bit i don't more. listen to that song too that often. is that, that is would, true <laughs> and it's not even the song for me like that whole like it's just weird, man. Yeah, it's yeah. just a weird scene. But yeah, no, great, great movie. And then uh, 2020 and on, Yeah, this one was not difficult for me because it felt like there was really only one worth talking about. Uh, and for, for some of those same reasons, uh, the story's good. But more than the story, it's one of those films where the the music just like captures you and you're singing the songs so for me it's encanto me too Um, good story great songs so i was going is is there we we won't do top three but is is there one on here and and i'll do something different than lion king because we we already covered that but is there one of these films for you matt that's just like really 
just one of those like I rewatch it all the time because it's it just it's just so good. And maybe some of that is nostalgia or whatever it is. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, the it's 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 yes in the sense that i don't know why i'm stumbling over it so much um, but uh but yeah no i i think for me it's it's probably the incredibles um and and i've actually this was actually a pretty close candidate. I love Incredibles 2 a lot as well. So it's like, I, I like watching those movies. I like the world that was kind of created in those movies just because it seems so um, timeless. You know, it's classic. It's a movie that I could see, you know, whereas a lot of animated movies are like so mired in the time that they're created mm-hmm. and not not as much Disney movies. It's more the other companies that make movies where they have a lot of like really, um, I don't know, pop culture references or things in them that yeah. date them immediately incredibles and and i think part of it was intentionally done too you can't actually exactly tell what decade it's supposed to take place in Mm. there's some technology that's set up that looks like it's from like the 50s some of it's even almost that batman the animated series art deco style like the cars and some of that look a little bit older um so i think it's supposed to just be something that you know whether you're watching it in 2004 or 5 when it came out and or, or today, you still feel like you can plug into it. Um, and I love that element of it. Um, all of our, all my favorite movies, you know, you kind of have to realize, okay, I was this age when I watched it or whatever. And, and you know, you have to give it some grace or, or acknowledge that yeah. there's a lot of nostalgia yeah. in there. But I think Incredibles really holds up super well. I think a lot of the Disney movies do, Dude, that to was, be fair. <laughs> you just gave a perfect example of what happened for me with Darkwing Duck. Uh-huh. Like Darkwing Duck was my favorite show growing up, and I bought it as an adult, and I couldn't I couldn't watch uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. it. Like it was horrible. Uh, and to me, some of the timeless ones are ones that they they don't get old. For for me, since I am not going to say Lion King, I got to go Sword in the Stone. Yeah, it's it's one of those stories that it, it's just such a it's such a good story. It's it's about King Arthur as a kid and Merlin teaching him. And he learns through kind of turning into different animals and the different experiences he has. And it's kind of like his preparation of one day you are going to rule and we want you to be a good ruler. And here's some of the lessons that you need to learn. But there's also like really, really great characters. Um, Merlin's a great character. Yeah. Uh, there's a, his Al Archimedes is a great character. And then there's this amazing villain, the magnificent, marvelous Mad Madam Mim. And she is one of my favorite villains and her and, and Merlin kind of have this like fight at the end and they each like they're, they're turning into different animals yeah. and attacking each other. And then Merlin finally turns into like this virus and, yeah. and you know, hurts, hurts the lady and she becomes sick. That's right. uh, but yeah, Madam Mim, man, she is, she's just great, dude. She's fun. She's evil. But it's like it's just it's just done so well. So that that one was just like really. I, every time I watch it, I like even to this day, I still love it. Uh-huh. It's just it's just great. Hey, you can't you can't beat the idea of just the the wonderful spectacle that is animated. You know, really well done animation, right? You know, it mm. just creates this world, and there there are all these amazing things that. 
you have CGI, you have all of these effects that you can see in real life, but there's just something about seeing it happening in this kind of created world that, that you have through computer animation or old school kind of, you know, uh, paper and pen or, or, you know, whatever it is exactly, um, yeah. um, art styles. It's just, it's just beautiful. I feel the same way the, with the Incredibles fights too. They're just, they're so kinetic. They're smooth. They're just really fun to watch. It's just, it's just, oh, especially really... the one at the end with Frozone yeah. and they're fighting yeah. the, the thing goes rogue and, and he's yeah he's sliding around like just uh, it's like you know yeah. it feels it really does it feels like the world is his play thing basically because of just the way and, and they all do they they yeah it's fun it's fun stuff you know it's interesting too because incredibles tackles like that this idea of what what if this were to happen mm-hmm. and and i think that it was such of a it's such a new thing yeah. you know we never thought well you know what if this guy doesn't want to be saved and you know he sues, and then yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. what what you know what do you so it's it's kind of a beautiful world yeah, that's really created. smart, very clever. Yeah. All right, you want to you want to take us into the question of the pod? Yeah, absolutely. So so a little bit behind the curtain here, we originally came up with the warm up question, and then we were kind of like, what's a cool theme we could have to carry us through with some of our other questions? And so talking about these these kids and family movies, you know, ostensibly that's what they are. Uh, it kind of got us just thinking about parenting and raising children being uh, uh, children of parents, you know, obviously, uh, you know, and, and those relationships. So our question of the pod today, and I'm kind of excited about seeing how we, how we handle this. There are a lot of different directions this can go. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll toss it out there and then we'll just have some fun with it. But will, what are some lessons you've learned since becoming a parent? And that can be good things, bad things, anywhere in between. What kind of comes to your mind when you think about that? There was three things that came to my mind, and, and I think I can get through them pretty quickly because some of them are, are basic. One of the things that you do when you're not a parent, and you don't necessarily like do this on purpose or you don't do it in a mean way. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but there are things and situations that you judge. You know, I can remember being a teenager and, you know, at the grocery store and here you have this kid that's like having a complete meltdown. I'm like, wow, parent, look, <laughs> you're, you're doing a terrible job as a parent and then like you you have kids and you're like oh yeah, yeah this is not uh not yeah. as easy as uh <laughs> i i necessarily thought it was going to be because there, there's just so much that's out of your control and ev- ev- literally and this is one of those things that even comes with like having kid number two like every kid is so different. Yes. And just because this worked well with my first child does not mean it's going to work well with the second child. And then like you as a parent, like you're just trying to figure it out. Like there's not really a manual for it. There's not really a, you know, sometimes there's not always great support for it. Yeah. Sometimes there's things going on at work. There's things going on when your relationship with your husband or wife, like there's just so many elements that go into just trying to adult Yeah, that make it so hard. And, and you just, I just feel like one of the things that I learned is like, dude, I, I will never, now there are like, obviously there's things like abuse and that, that it's like, okay, that's definitely not okay. But just like sure. people that are like just trying to parent and they choose to do different things or they give the kid the sucker and you're like, I wouldn't give that kid a sucker. You know what? Yeah, right. It's it's not it's not your child. And you don't know the situation and you you just you just can't judge. And I and I, I feel like that's been the biggest uh, kind of mental change for me. 
That's really cool. I wanted to jump in and ask because I one of mine I was is, sensing that. Yeah, one of my <laughs> observations is uh, along the same lines. There, did you did you ever read any kind of like you know, um, how, you know uh, what to expect when you're expecting type books or anything like that when you were anticipating becoming a parent? No, I think I assumed those were just for women because they were the ones expecting. Okay. So. Okay, great. I'm like, now I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe I should have read that. No, no, I was just going to say, I read those books. Um, you know, that that's me applying my trade, right? You know, yeah. it's like, of course, what, what am I going to do when I'm nervous about something? Well, I'll, I'll research it. I'll try and learn everything I can learn. And, and the trap that I fell into was that I thought that by being like an educator, basically, that there were going to be so many things that I was going to be so well equipped for that it was going to be, you know. <laughs> Joke's on you. Yeah, it was going to be a piece of cake, right? Like. Like when you when you learn how to teach, right, you learn all these things about like, you know, the the nature, the science of learning, educational psychology, how to motivate. I was like, man, I just got to I got to I got to incentivize uh, my kids to do the right thing and we'll, we'll get them on track. We'll, we'll reward them appropriately. It's it's like a system and it's just, you know, it's easy um, and it's not. That's yeah. the big thing. Well, <laughs> That's no, the big thing. No, it's really not. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the next the next piece for me. Is just that I, I, when I do marriage counseling, I I say this is somewhat of a joke, but it, I'm I'm dead serious. Is that you don't realize how selfish you are until you get married, and mm. then you don't realize how selfish you are until you have kids. And I I think that, you know, when you get married, you don't think about this. So I, I, who knows? I was 22 maybe when I got married, 23, and for the first 23 years of my life, like it was just me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was only living for me and it was just about keeping me safe. But then you get married and that changes and it changes within your finances. It changes within your time. It yeah. changes it with, within everything. And then it even goes further when it, when you have kids mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, like there's a lot of things that I don't want to give up. And, and I'm not saying that you have to give up everything, you know, I don't want to make it seem like parenting's the you know, oh man, they just they just kill your job. No, you just you it's have not to, a jail, right? No, you you have to get creative with the things that you like. And there are some things where you say this is not worth my time because now I have kids mm-hmm. and they're in in a lot of ways they're a part of you know how my legacy is handed down. And yeah. so I want to be a good dad. I I want to give you know be there for my kids like that. That's I want to do that, but you just you just don't think about those things beforehand. And you're like, wow, like, you know, when it's, it's not that you necessarily make bad choices, but you hesitate on things. You're like, well, if I spend this money on my kids to do this, that means there's no money for me to buy the things Mm -hmm. that I used to spend my money on all the time. And like, I actually have to get creative with the budget and say, okay, maybe I don't get to do this so that my kid can do this. And, 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 it's it's a pleasure to sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's a blessing to see your kids, you know, experience joy in those things and, and happiness and whatnot. But I say all that to say that it to me it's somewhat of a rude awakening because you just don't necessarily see it coming. Like until it's there and you're like, Oh wow, I am I'm way more selfish than I than I thought I was. Yeah, I I remember I had an experience with, with our uh first uh first child um let's see he probably would have been about three months old he, he was born in may and this was happening over labor day weekend and the only reason i remember that was just because it was 
uh, you know, supposedly a day off, right? It was a day off from work, but it was so wrapped up in taking care of him because daycare was also closed uh, that day. And, and I had this kind of moment of panic at one point where I was like, oh, this is it. I'm never going to have free time again. I'm like, I'm never going to have any time to myself ever again. It's just going to be taking care of, of, of these children or something Your like that. Your life is over. Yeah, it's, it's, this, is, this is the end of anything I get to do for fun or anything that I yeah. get to do for myself. It was a really, it was really a fearful kind of selfish moment uh, that I had in kind of like that moment of, of kind of like panic that was is absolutely not true. It just feels that way sometimes. Yeah. You know, there are those seasons where, you know, you got you to gotta sacrifice a little bit more just to make sure that, you know, your child is alive and, you yeah. know, that you're, you're taking care of him. And, and it's a partnership with, you know, your spouse, but it's also something where, you know, there are seasons with that too. You have to take a little bit more of the extra work and, and you know, she needs to rest or, or, you know, there might be something else that's going on like that. And, and keeping that perspective about like, it's, it's going to be okay. Rough day today, but it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's a huge lesson that I've learned since becoming a parent. You can, you can prepare as much as possible. You can do everything you need to do. It can still go totally off the rails um, with attitudes or anything like that. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you're bad or yeah. anything like that. That's None of that I mean. speaks into whether or not you're doing a good job. Yeah. I mean, and realistically, Leave it up to a pastor to always take it spiritual. Yes. But, I mean, you think about that from God's perspective to us. Like, he's perfect. Yeah. Right. He's the perfect parent, and we screw it up all the time. Yeah. And But he's also gracious and loving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> we go down that rabbit hole. We could be there forever. So, my last thing needs a little bit of a setup. Good. My, my Good. wife told me this this story, and it, it, speaks to, it speaks to exactly what I've learned as a parent. And that is that there was this guy on the plane and there was a baby crying and he just he just flips his his stuff, mm -hmm. man. He just he just loses it and he starts screaming at mom and the baby, you know, to, to be quiet. And you're you know, you're driving me nuts. And, and like, you know, most of us are like, yeah, we're we're all annoyed at it. Like like we can relate to the feeling of mm -hmm. being annoyed mm -hmm. with that. But yeah, it's a baby. Yeah. You, like most of us understand the baby doesn't know better it it's crying because there's some type of need it, it it lacks the ability to communicate hey there's something wrong here i don't know how to tell you to you know to fix this mm -hmm. but here you have an adult who lacks the emotional ability to understand his own emotions and how to 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 react in an appropriate way and then he's mad at a child for doing the same thing. Yeah, right. And I think for me that that was one of the hardest lessons that I've learned and just and it's been a great lesson and great perspective for me and been soul searching for me and caused me to ask myself a lot of questions as far as why, why am I reacting this way? Why is the emotion in me and why am I have a having a hard time expressing this? Like when when something happens to you and somebody asks you, "Hey Matt, how do you feel?" You know, there's so many times that we don't even have the emotional language to answer that question, but we expect our kids to. And yes. I think that like yes. that was for me, like I have to quit expecting my kids to be able to do things that I cannot do. Yeah. And I, if I'm still learning to regulate my emotions, then how much more are they trying to regulate their emotions? And so how can I create and, and basically help my daughter and my son start to develop the language 
to be able to express their emotions. And I'm sure that my daughter by this time is like tired of hearing me say, well, how does that make you feel? How do you feel right now? Try to tell me what's, you know, you're upset because I said no to this. Yeah. Why do you feel that way? Let's, let's talk about this. Let's, you know, instead of just being, you know, cry, run to your room, you know, whatever it is, I can't be upset about a kid doing that because that's just what they, they know to do. Yeah. That's a part of their process. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think to me, it's given me such incredible perspective Mm -hmm. and it's given me patience because now I understand, okay, I can't do this. So I can't expect them to, and not obviously I can do it at a higher level than they can, but it's still a struggle sometimes because sometimes we don't understand why we're feeling the way that we feel. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it takes sitting down and it takes emotional intelligence to, to be able to do that. And so instead of getting frustrated at my kids, how can I help them develop the emotional language? And I, and I, that's, I'm still learning that, Absolutely. but I would say that that's been like the, the biggest like lesson that's really helped me personally and as, as a parent and as a person. What you're saying there speaks to to one of the lessons that that I've learned really really well. Very recent story happens. My my 11 year old he wants to he wants to get serious about doing some yard work because he wants to make a little extra you know uh, summer spending money right. And so I've got him mowing the yard with our push mower. And so I was kind of out there showing him how you do this, how you do this crazy thing, cutting the grass and making sure that you're not missing any strips or anything like that. And so I would kind of like line up the mower for him. I would kind of get down real close to to the front of the mower. I'd be kind of like, okay, so here's the here's the little spot on the mower. You need to make sure that the tall grass is not going past, right? You're supposed to line everything up exactly right. He, I would see his hand kind of like, and we have we have a, uh, the one that I've got him using is an electric uh, push mower because it's it's just so much easier for him to start. And so yeah. I would always see his hands kind of like tensing, and I'm like, nope, I'm right here. Don't 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 do that. Don't do that. I had to tell him like five times while I was explaining to him, it's like, stay focused, stay focused. And then I would. I would set him off and he would immediately start turning to the left and go off track. And I would say, no, 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 stop. And I would like pull him back and I would, and I could tell he was getting frustrated about it. I was just trying so hard to get him to do this one perfect strip. Cause in my mind, I was like, you get this one, right? You're going to be perfect with it. Yeah. And it, it didn't happen at all. And I had to, I had to kind of like do what you were saying. I had to take a step back and I'm like, why am I so obsessed about mm. him doing this perfectly yeah. right away? Yeah. And once I took a breath, once I, you know, what's the, <laughs> what's the cool thing the kids say, once I touched grass, I was able to, uh, I was able to just chill out and not worry about <laughs> as it. As long so as you much. weren't smoking the grass, I think. I, is that what? That, is that what? That, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not cool. We're out of touch. Stuff. We're not <laughs> touching grass. <laughs> <laughs> We're not touching grass. Um, so yeah, he he. So he he did this, this this one time, push mowing the grass. And it was really bad. There were a lot of strips. And I had to kind of like just chill out about that because it's not that big a deal. It, it, it's going to grow back, right? He's going to cut it again. And 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 in fact, uh, about a month, he's done it a couple of times now. I can see he's starting to get the view for it. He can see yeah. where he needs to cut it. He, he knows how to kind of like look at it so that his, his mower doesn't kind of slightly go off track and he misses spots. And ultimately, I was like, I can't do this for him. I can't control him in such a way that he... Uh, will never make a mistake. I need to release that amount of, you know, kind of control over him. Let him, let him struggle a little bit. Let him do kind of a bad job here or there yeah. uh, a couple of times and just trust that he is like, 
is like I want him to be. He's building resilience. He's going to try and get better. He has standards for himself. He's not just going to do a bad job and say, well, I guess that's good enough. And then, yeah. you know, just or stop. He's trying, or he's trying to do it so bad that you're just like, okay, stop. <laughs> like, you're never doing this again. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's, that's of course, the fear too, right? You yeah. squeeze too tightly on something and it, and it like cracks. I didn't want to be so tight yeah. on him with this that he would go get totally discouraged and not want to do it. And, and the heart is you're not mowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or at least it's taking, you know, some of the yeah. some of the pressure off you. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the dream, man. Yeah. yeah. All right, Matt, what about you? Uh, you know, what what I know that some of the lessons that I talked about, you you spoke into that and and mm-hmm. maybe correlated mm-hmm. with some of the ones that you did, but uh, what else what what are some of those things that stuck out to you as far as what you've learned since becoming a parent? I think this this is by no means figured out, right? This is not a lesson learned. This is a lesson that I will need to continue to learn, like you were saying. You know, this is this is something we have to do on a continuing basis. But one of the things that I thought about when I thought about parenting is just this idea about worry and worrying about mm. what your kids are going to get into, how to protect them from that, how to set them up right so that they can handle things um as as we kind of come to a into a changing world and and just a world that feels more and more dangerous you know and i'm sure every generation has felt that way compared to the generation previous right it just feels like there are millions of things going on and i can't i can't know what's going on online i can't know what's going on you know even even in our neighborhoods with our and all of that kind of stuff it's just it's hard not to get kind of panicked about that stuff it's also hard because you know we've talked about this a lot we think about ourselves and how we have tried to grow and be the best versions of ourselves that we can be and sometimes I realize I'm oversensitive to behaviors or attitudes that I worry are going to lead my kids to making the same mistakes I made right so so I'm worried that they're going to be just a little too timid or too afraid to try new things because I know that that was the way that I was when I was their age and I know that that prevented me from having some some great relationships I'm sure some some fun experiences things that looking back I wish I had tried more things because I think I would have really learned and grown and developed is some of that too like I I wish I would have stuck with that yeah because there's like you know obviously for me it's like I wish my parents would have made me play piano. I was like, nah. I say that now, but I don't know that I I felt that way back then. But, you know, sometimes as people start stuff and like, man, I I wish I would have stuck with that. Exactly. Right. I wish that. And, and, and so if I see like, for example, Samuel, I I think he could have been a really good basketball player, but something in him just didn't want to continue on doing with that. There's something about him. He doesn't, he doesn't quite have the competitive drive to like, you know, to, to assert himself in those ways. And, and then for a little while there, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta kind of break him in this. I want him to have that, that, that kind of like drive or whatever. And then I, again, kind of had to step back and say, you know, I want him to experience things. I want him to learn. I want him to grow, but maybe it's not going to be through basketball, even though he's, you know, extremely tall for his age. And I feel like, again, he would be a great basketball player. But I was, when you were talking, I was thinking, all you're trying to tell me right now is that Sam really could box out if he wanted to. <laughs> really good. Really good. He's, I mean, his arms are so long. Anyway, sorry. Uh, it's just one of those things where I had, to, I, I need, and I've benefited from, Again, time is a great teacher because you realize, okay, just because someone is not doing exactly what you think they they should be doing, it doesn't mean 
that it's all bad or anything like yeah. that. And and this year has been really, really good for Sam. And I think a lot of it, what, what one thing that I've learned is that our kids are really responsive to us. They have this really good intuition to figure out like when we're stressed or when we're feeling, oh, when yeah, we're man. putting pressure on them. Yeah. They respond to that. Even if, like you were saying before, even if they don't have the words to yeah. explain it or even kind of respond effectively, they're still kind of building off of that. When, when my wife was going through a lot of her health uh, troubles a couple of years ago, the kids were certainly they just behaved a little bit differently. There was a tentativeness to them and, and, you know, kind of a sensitivity, which was good in a lot of ways. We didn't need them being incredibly crazy, you know, yeah. Tara needed to rest and everything like that, but they're so perceptive. Yeah. That, that's an important lesson I learned. And so I realized I need to put out the right kind of whatever you want to call it, energy, the right kind of vibes. I need to, I need to, Take a step back, think, make sure I'm approaching them in the right way because they will respond to it even if I don't necessarily want them to, right? I, and to me, what you said, it, it speaks to another really difficult lesson that I've learned, and that is nonverbal communication too. Yes. Yeah. As far as not just not just emotions, but even like, you know, being on your cell phone. Yeah, presence. And like, yeah. Uh, and it's so hard because it's like when you get home, you know, for me, sometimes I just I just want to lay down and rest for a couple of seconds and I want to let my mind go somewhere. I, I'm not going to be there forever. But what what is that? What is that communicating? Yeah. yeah. And not getting stuck in those habits and, and working yourself out of that. And I, I think it's that's that's always going to be a struggle for us in yeah. this generation because. We're always going to have this technology at our fingertips. I, ha I had a realization not too long ago where I realized that I was saying no a lot to my children. And it wasn't no, like, can I have this or that? It was more like, Dad, can we do this? You know, can we play this together? Or, or you know, can we can we play a board game? Can we go outside mm, those, or something those are hard like lessons. that? And I, and I was like, why am I saying no so much? And some of it I thought I realized was I'm letting myself get caught up with stuff that can wait. It can yeah. wait a couple of hours or, you know, it, like you said, I'm exactly the same way. When I get home, I'm kind of exhausted. I kind of want to veg out, even if it's just for like a half hour or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And as much as I want to do that, and sometimes that's exactly what I need to do so that yeah. I can be the best me yeah. and be present yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So just instead of saying no, even just saying, can I have just like 15 minutes and then we'll definitely do that. Yeah. That was a really important shift that I made uh, not too long ago to realize I want to spend some quality and cause time. Because you're, you're not saying no. Yes, I mean, exactly. even thinking about like that with our kids and I know some people get really weird about this, but you know, if you know, Malin says, Hey, can I have this cupcake? Yeah, you can have it tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Like instead of saying, no, you can't have it right now, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is so negative and can potentially cause a reaction. It's no, you, you can have this. Oh, yeah. You just can't have it right now, but you can't have it Yeah. tomorrow after you leave it out and it's crusty and it's not good anymore. <laughs> No, we talk, uh, my wife and I talk about this a lot instead of just saying like no to somebody, uh, to, to, to Sam or Jeff about their, 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 whatever, their request to play video games or something like that. I, I always want to kind of stress. It's like, um, instead of just saying, no, absolutely not. You know, it's more like saying, why don't we wait on doing that until we get done a couple of other things yeah. so that we're, we're able to, you know, Put that we we're able to check those things off and we get get some things that trying to explain it to them like i'm not just saying no because i'm a jerk or something like that it's just yeah. that there are other things that we also have to do and and i and again i think they are 
they do respond to that differently. Better. You see yeah. that, you know. Um, I certainly see it with my young son, Jeff. He, if you say no, he's not listening to anything else. Yeah. If I say no because we have to do this, yeah. he's like, all you, I, I don't, all you I heard don't was care no. why. Yeah. All you heard was no. <laughs> all right, anything else on lessons you want to dive into before we switch that those those were the kind of some of the major notes i have and i'm sure we can come back and, and look at this from another angle but no i think i think we're in good shape for for today yeah so we're, we're going to kind of keep up that that byline that we've been talking about parenthood but kind of switch it to uh when we were kids and the the, the most important question today and, and this is always kind of the the spiritual question is how does your relationship with your parents affect your view of God? Or how has your relationship with your parents affected your uh, view of God? Because I think for a lot of us, we see God as Father. Mm -hmm. And depending on what our relationship was like with our earthly father, and even sometimes mom too, can kind of negatively affect that and and probably can positively affect it in some ways too but mm -hmm. most of the time for you know it's 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 in negative ways so have you seen that in your life where you feel like and and I just want to I would put this out here I I know Matt well enough and I hopefully I know myself well <laughs> enough that anything that we say is is not negative towards our parents we both yeah. had awesome parents we we love them they cared for us but they're human. Yeah. And so are we. And so we're not going to be perfect parents either. Mm -hmm. And some of this, in my opinion, is not even necessarily on them, but it's on, right. it's on our own view of God and how we've let, you know, our relationship with our parents sneak into that. But I think, I feel like that was important for me to say, but, but yeah, thank you. Answer that question. You know, how does, how does your relationship affect your view of God? It, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a really interesting thing to think about because as I was kind of thinking about it, I realized there's nothing, there's nothing really that my parents did wrong in, in raising me. It's a lot like some of the stuff we just talked about with, about like you have to, to a certain degree, your parents can only do so much. I can only do so much for my kids and we're all our own people. So we, we all have our own kind of like journey. And so it's kind of fun to, to interrogate this a little bit and figure out, okay, what's going on here? So I was thinking through, um, my relationship with my parents again, really good relationship. Um, and I would say it's like super strong now especially since becoming a parent that's something i've oh, dude, learned it's, it's yeah man my relationship with my dad when i moved out of the house yeah. like improved so much because yeah. it's like there's there's just tension that gets created when you're living with someone <laughs> that doesn't necessarily speak into the relationship but it's like i know my dad be like you've taken three showers today bro you ain't paying you're not paying bills in here obviously you know, but now, now that I'm a doll, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get, exactly, I get, I get, exactly. I you understand all of the the concerns and where that comes from, um, and and yeah, it's interesting because I know, I th or at least I suspect, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I know that there are sometimes where you know kids move out of their parents' houses, they they move on into their own hopefully. lives. Yes, hopefully, <laughs> um, you know, I. Tara's already like counting down the days that uh, that Sam's gonna move out, but, but you know, anyway. Um, <laughs> I know sometimes those those relationships become um, 
they, they refuse to change. Right. You know, and, and so like, it's sometimes hard for parents to let go and, and, you know, think of their, their children in, in like a different way after they moved out. I think my parents and I are in a really good place as far as like we, the way that we have conversations, uh, and, and, you know, they were, they really, I think respect me. And I, I feel very, very affirmed by, by them in that way. When yeah. I was kind of growing up, I realized that uh, this is really only in hindsight, you know, as we were kind of preparing for this question here. But I realized that at a certain point in my life, uh, and this this kind of speaks to maybe my my kind of love language preferences mm. or something like that. I realized that a lot of the ways that I showed love towards my parents was by um, doing things, you know, by like when I lived with them, you know, doing all my chores, doing them really well, trying to do them on time. Not that I always did, of course. Um, dishwasher was a problem. Um, I know my, my mom, if she ever listens to this, is having flashbacks to, to multiple days. I um, told you to like, put yeah, the was, dishes in the dishwasher. It was a, yeah, it was a thing. But, um, but you know, like, and, and that was a way that I could kind of like express like, you know, I'm on, I'm, I'm all in as a part of this family. I want to contribute. I love you guys. I want to do everything yeah. that you expect me to do. Um, and I think, you know, even when I moved out and we would come back and visit or anything, that was a that was a really a, that was a way I found myself really serving and and loving on them too like when we would have family get-togethers and the whole family was coming there was a lot that needed to be done the house needed to be clean the, the yard needed to be mowed or something like that and I, I would jump all in and do that and I think they really appreciated that and recognized that that's what I was doing I realized that I might kind of treat my relationship with God in kind of similar yeah. ways in that I've feel like I'm more engaged in service sometimes than I am in worship or prayer or reading scripture. And, and that's good in a lot yeah. of ways, but it's not complete, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not the complete relationship. Is some of that, like, I, I say this and I kind of want to jump in because yeah. Yeah. I think one of mine fits in line with that. Even, even though my relationship with my parents is different than yours, there is this sense of like earning favor. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you use kind of the terminology of like earning your keep. Like I, I, I want, I want to help. I want to, yeah. I want to be a yeah. part, but there is this sense of it. The dangerous place that it goes for me is, is that, well, you're only loved if you do your part. Mm -hmm. That's the dark side. Of yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> and so that, like sometimes that's that's been the struggle for me is like and then then it turns into God, look, look what all I've done yeah. for you or God, look, I'm serving for you. Why are you not doing this for me? And it's like no, no, God owes you nothing. Yeah, right. And and I mean, in, in some ways, your your parents owe you nothing. Right. Like right. It, it's. But it, it's not just about. Like what what can you do to make like to, to prove to prove yourself that mm -hmm. you're a a solid human being or yes. that you're a part of this family or, you know, what, whatever it is you're, you're, you're trying to prove. And I think for me, it came from a place of, it wasn't, I wouldn't even say that it was my parents fault. It was just because my older brothers in mm -hmm. my eyes were so great at everything that I wasn't, a, I wasn't a contributor and I didn't do anything. You know, my dad was at every stinking game or competition that my brothers did and it would have been the same for me. I just didn't do anything. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so there was, I didn't really give my dad an opportunity to show up to something. And so for me, that, that was part of, well, because I'm not, I'm not worthy. 
You know, I'm not good like my brothers are. Yeah. So now I, I get into this place where I got to prove it. I got to, God, I got to show you how good I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got to show you that I'm, I'm not worthless. And it, and for me, it always, it comes back to that. No, you're not, you're not worthy because of what right. you can do. You're worthy because of who you are, because I love you. Cause you're, you're my son. Yeah. So, yeah. man, is that like, I, th- I feel like, and, and obviously we, we've kind of talked about some of this stuff off mic, so I can't remember if this is something that we talked about on the pod or not, but, <laughs> but is it something where you, uh, you know, like, I don't know, was there, was there a season of your life where you felt that most, most, most acutely, like most, most seriously or significantly? Well, I'm going to turn it back on you so you can start thinking about that. Right? Okay. Sure. Fair enough. <laughs> so you answer your own question. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that probably college it 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 hit me more so just because like, hey, you're actually supposed to be like doing something with your yeah. life. Like, there's yeah. that weird transition. Like, you know, when you're in high school, it's like whatever. You know, I'm getting grades, so there's like, yeah. there's some type of, I don't know, uh, bar set. Yeah, that you can yeah. you know reach for or whatnot. You're you're getting a return, but as you kind of hit college, you're still getting grades, but you're you're starting to make that transition into like having job. The goal is money. very different, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just it just changes, and well, and you're 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 trying to decide what am I going to do? Yeah, I mean that's probably why it happens. Is that you know, here you are in college, and I got to pick my degree and this and that and whatever, and I I'm 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 having to chart my course, and I don't have any clue what my course should be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that that was when I really started wrestling with, with some of those things, like what the heck am I going to do? Yeah. What do I have to offer? So you have this almost kind of like aimlessness or this, this wandering uh, thing. And you kind of recognize it. Like we realize these things, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I, I need, I need some sort of, uh, I don't know, validation or, or something to just kind of like pull me out of my own uh, fears or concerns of that. And, yeah. you know, again, n- this is not necessarily because of any any oversight or mistake that our, our parents made. But it's just like if I'm not getting that, sometimes I, I just fear it's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm terrible. I haven't I haven't done all that I need to do. Mm. That period of my life was really 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 tough for the same reason. It was, it was high school and going into college for me, too, that yeah. I felt most. Um, uncertain about some of those things and and it's very much for the same reason it's like i want to be i, I want to feel like i'm contributing i want to i want to have worth right you know it's, yeah. it's that is that deep-seated you know kind of dark uh, uh question that we kind of ask ourselves like what what is that thing that gives me that value um and it, and, and, you know, it's like you were saying, it's not, you know, my parents would never think this way of doing all these things isn't what gives you value. And, and you know, and of course, our value in, in, in the eyes of God doesn't come from the things that we do either. And, and that being said, I think that God created us and gave us talents and passions and gifts because he wants us to be a part of it. But I, I just think it's so dangerous when yeah that that becomes, becomes your, the goal. Yeah, right? the goal, the value. Like this this is how or this is how I earn my spot in heaven. Yeah. I just heard a great video on Instagram, Facebook, somewhere, I don't know, was a preacher talking and he he just proposed the question like when you get to heaven, if someone were to ask you how'd you get here, mm-hmm. if your response starts with I, you screwed it up. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Very like, simple. <laughs> yeah. Like the 
him. Love it. Because of Jesus. Like, that's the only correct answer. Like, I'm here because he knows me. Yeah. Because he died for me. Because of what he did. It's not because... So that's got to be the perspective. But at the same time, like, it, I, I just don't want to... I guess I want to be careful not to say, like, it's wonderful to serve. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... But that can't be your identity. Yeah. 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 The 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 hardest thing that I've realized about myself and, and for most of us, I think, is that a lot of times the mistakes that we make, a lot of times they come from a good place. Yeah. Right. And we just either do it it's too twisted. much, we do it too much or not enough, or some other way that we've kind of maybe just got it slightly twisted, like you said. It's just yeah. it's it, it but usually it comes from a good place. Wanting to serve comes from a and good the, place. And that's like that's got Satan written all over it. Like I'm yeah. gonna take you know, it's interesting. We talk about how there's a scripture verse that says God can work all things together for good for those that love yeah. him. And like the opposite is also yeah. true. Satan can take all good things and just and, twist yeah, them. and twist them, twist them bad. There, we didn't make this necessarily this transition, but I, I feel like we're, we've been in the same boat. I was just going to add quickly and it, mm-hmm. it'll wrap up my piece to this too, is I think some of, some of my story and my relationship, my parents, and a lot of what we talked about also led to deep shame for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it is all tied in with that idea of, of worthlessness. But the problem with shame is, is that shame pushes you further in it, pushes you towards depression. I, I got to be overweight. And I think a lot of that was because I don't know that I would have said it then or understood it then, but I think that on many levels I was depressed. And so I didn't have the energy or the desire to, to do, I didn't care what I ate. I didn't care about my life. Cause I, here I am, I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. I, I've mm-hmm. used an illustration before. Like if I'm wearing a new pair of shoes, I'm considerate to where I'm walking. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to step in a puddle. I, I don't want to step on gum. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, Especially if they're white shoes, good yeah, lord! Right, right, right. Yeah, Goodness yeah, yeah. gracious, man! Through the grass, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you yeah, or you mow the lawn, your your shoes are done, they're toast. Yeah. But if I got a pair of beat up shoes on that I don't care, I'm I I'm not, I'm not considerate with mm-hmm. where I'm walking, and that that to me was my life, and and it it just surrounded me in this this shame of you 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 just you don't matter, you know, yeah. because you screw up everything, you don't add value to anything, and. And I, and I think that I can't blame any of that on my parents, but that to me was the dysfunctional view that I had. It it just amplified that with my faith as far as I'm not going to do what I can do mm-hmm. because I don't believe in myself. Mm-hmm. And here I have giftedness, but I'm not going to step into my giftedness because I'm not as gifted as somebody else is. Yeah. And it's it's just interesting because I don't know that there's necessarily a, a direct tie to, you know, my father or my mother and what they did as much as it is my assumption. Yes. Of what they believed. Yes. About me. Which, which is really hard. Yes. I, I was thinking the same thing. I, if, if, if some of my desire to prove myself came from uh, a lack of, I don't know, a lack of certainty that I belonged or that I was, I was valuable, it was it, later 
through conversation, I would I would come to realize just how much, you know, my parents loved me and, and you know, fully just supported me and, and trusted me and all of these things that I was worried about. You know, you know, you have this kind of like general idea. Yeah, of course, my parents love me, but just how deep yeah. and, 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 you know, powerful that love is. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's it's a very similar very similar circumstance to what you're describing. We get into our heads so much about these things. We can, we can you know, whether it's yeah. the devil or whether it's our own, you know, self doubt or, or, you know, both of those things, one coming from the other or whatever. Um, we, we can, we can enter into a, a place that is just so, so depressed and, and dark and everything like that, that it's maybe even goes back to my, my thing that I said before about, about parenting, you know, we can get mm. so focused on the moment and then just, forget that it's like it's okay it will be okay this will pass yeah. things will get better um if we if we go into it with an open mind and an open heart too i mean i think that's yeah. part of it you know we have to keep keep our eyes open and and our minds open to to trying new things and growing yeah I, it's funny you said that because of my, my mind went back to the first question as well in that you know, what have I learned as a parent? And, and one of the things that, like, I don't know if it was the same way for you, but when I first held Malin, mm -hmm. my first thought was, how in the world did God give this up for me? Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah. that week I was just so wrapped up in, like, I've I've never understood yeah. love like this before. <laughs> like, it's just different, man. It hits you different. It when really you, when you hold that baby for the first time, it... It's so it it just it, it's it's radical. I would say um, it it wasn't I didn't exactly ask that question, but they they you know they basically they they were cleaning Sam off. He, he they kind of sit him up. He gives his first cry, and something washes over me like oh, I've never man. felt in my yeah. entire life. And I and all I could imagine was like that this is the same type of love yes. that is you know. And that's exactly that where I was going. Like it's like it's insane. This is how my parents love me. Yes. And and that changed. I mean, that changed a lot for me. Yeah, it's 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 mind blowing, right? It, it's world changing, life changing. And and there was an experience where I had a rough day with Malin, and and she had even like ripped out beard hair, and it was like, oh. I just remember like she finally went to sleep that night, and I was laying next to her, and I'd forgotten everything, and I was just watching her in her peaceful sleep, and I was like, holy cow, yeah. you are perfect. I love you. Yeah. And then I felt like this subtle voice came from God and says, why do you not think that I'm capable yeah. of loving you like that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, snap. Yes. But. Woo. Oh, man. Some yeah. Kind of deep questions today. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, we, we're going to round it out with uh, our our final thoughts. Do you have one? Are you ready? I think I can, I think I've got one. It's it was if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, man, I got one too. But I, if you're ready, go for it. Okay. So, um, you mentioning I, I touched on this just a tiny bit already, but but you talking about the experience of the guy on the airplane, kind of like yelling mm. at this kid, yeah. and you know it being so obvious to you know someone looking externally, like yes. um, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're upset about someone losing control, and so you are losing control. I all I can kind of think about like is how many times does that happen in my life where I am reacting in such a way that I'm either becoming the thing that I'm like, yes. you know, I'm oh, um, trying man. that I'm so upset about. And, and, and then that's hard to admit. Yeah. And, and then realizing, Oh, 
is it because I have that kind of insecurity within me that I'm kind of projecting it out and getting upset about it happening in somebody yeah. else? That's a powerful question. I need to, you know, I just want to kind of muse through over these, you know, next. And sometimes whatever. life is sitting in the complexity of difficult questions. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable because sometimes you look back and you're like, oh, yeah. that's yeah. embarrassing. Exactly. It's like those commercials uh, with that instant replay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's embarrassing. You, you said something that kind of got my mind going a bunch of different directions when you were talking about what you've learned as a parent. And, and a lot of it centers around worry. And the one word that mm-hmm. you didn't say that I was waiting for you to say was control. Yeah. Okay. And that to me was that at the end of it, because it's like, how much are you trying to control the narrative of your kid's life? And you got into talking about this. And I was thinking like there, there is such a line between encouragement and force. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, how do I encourage my kids to try new things and to get involved in stuff, but not force them? Because when you force them to do things, it, it changes their experience, right? Because yeah. I'm here now. Sometimes it, it, it can still turn out good. Mm-hmm. You know, your kid can say, I'm so thankful. But I, I think of something in particular. I took Malin to, to Disney World and one of my favorite rides is Space Mountain. And you're just, it's this roller coaster. It's completely pitch black. You have no idea what's going on. It was her first roller coaster. And I was just thinking to myself, Malin, you're going you're gonna to love this. And she didn't want to do it. And I, forced her to do it anyways because i was thinking that the payoff is going to be it's gonna be so great this was the best thing ever let's do it again and she cried through the whole thing and i'm pretty sure she hated me for three days after that (laughs) and it was like it was like horrible and then i'm like hey let's do buzz lightyear and she's like this heck no i'm like oh i'm sorry listen it's not a roller coaster we're just gonna shoot at aliens but she didn't like she wanted nothing to do with it because she had lost she lost lost trust. trust and so i just i i feel like holy cow man what we have to give intentional thought mm-hmm. to where is that line between encouragement and you saying that is so perfect because I think we, we, we can get into this mindset where we assume all of our experiences with our children are going to be just like what you said. It's like, yeah, I know you don't like this now, but you're going to appreciate it later. And sometimes that's not true. Sometimes you might, we might assume that that's the case and Actually, it's a borderline traumatic experience uh, where relationships might need to be uh, rebuilt after that. Uh, That's a powerful one. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of uh, an experience where I was forced to do something as a kid where like I still hate it today. Eating peas is probably one of those things. It's still terrible. It hasn't gotten better. And and it was like, well, but, you know, it's healthy. Yeah. There's other healthy things out there. You need a better reason than that. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think that wraps it up for us today. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. We'll just remind you again, if you want to share your thoughts on some of the stuff that we've talked about and or you want to submit some own some of your own topics or questions, whether it be something silly or fun or serious, man, or, mm-hmm. or about faith. We, we'd love to hear it again. That is Prof Disaster 2023 at gmail.com. We'd appreciate it. Well, this is us signing out. We love you and appreciate you, especially if you're still listening. Yes. Take care, guys. Have a great week. See ya.